0: Hey, Seahawks fans, welcome back to another episode of the Seahawks Playbook Podcast. I'm your host, Paul Alston, sitting down with co-host, Mr. Keith Myers. Welcome in, Keith. How you doing, man?
1: I'm doing all right. Um, it's uh, it's an interesting week. We're, we're pre- preparing for uh, the Seahawks to um, play a better team than they've been playing. But I was looking at a bunch of stats today, and this might be closer than you and I originally thought but we'll get into that.
0: You know, I guess we could probably say that about a, a number of different games um on the schedule. Uh it seems like uh, the way that they're playing now maybe has opened up a, a couple of extra potential wins, although the the schedule does get uh somewhat difficult. Mm-hmm. Uh in spots, of course, when you go to the um the Superdome there in New Orleans to face the Saints, it's always loud and um and uh, a boisterous crowd there. Um and and a, and a difficult team to to beat sometimes. They've got a, a fairly decent defense. They've got some really good linebackers. They're okay on the uh on the on the edges uh on that team and then they've got a couple of uh, defensive backs that may give Seattle some challenges on the offensive side of the ball. Um you know, they've got Alvin Kamara. He just came out and said just an hour ago that he's going to play in this game. Uh it was questionable whether he was going to be uh, available or not. And then Andy Dalton looks like he's going to get his second start of the year after playing in London last week uh against the Vikings. Uh and they lost that game uh right down the stretch actually. Ended up uh not being able to tie the game in regulation on a missed field goal which they're terming the double doink uh field goal where it hit the uprights <laughs> yep. twice before it it fell short. Um Wanted to, to, and we're going to preview this this entire game today. That's what this show is. I uh, wanted to start uh, with a couple of notes on the news. Uh, Seahawks defensive end LJ Collier has been designated to return to practice, which opens a 21 day window for him to uh, to be able to uh, be practicing full time with the team, but not count against a roster spot either on the practice squad or on the 53. And, um, Seahawks also signed Joey Hunt, familiar name uh, for fans. Um, past, uh, I think it he played in Seattle. I think for three years as a, mostly a backup center. Keith, undersized. Mm-hmm. Um, we drafted him. Spent a, a draft pick on him. I think a late round pick. I think it was he LSU or something, somebody like that. I, I don't remember for sure. But anyway, undersized guy has been kind of kicking it around the league. Been out of the league though this year uh Seahawks sign him to the practice squad while also cutting uh, defensive back Quandre Mosley. Um those are the moves so far this uh, this week and it looks like everyone's pretty healthy for this game Keith. Um so no real injury concerns uh creeping up uh, as we move uh, closer to the weekend. Um so it should be that those shouldn't be an, an issue for the Seahawks. Um, so this is kind of a fun game. Uh, you had mentioned it up front might be a little bit more challenging than maybe it was entering uh, last week, where we went against the Lions. We were both debating whether or not Seattle had enough to get by the Lions. Um, we knew it was it was going to be an ugly game as far as the defenses were concerned. The Lions being uh, right next to the Seahawks as being the worst defense in the NFL, but the offenses showed up. Both teams had over 500 yards, uh, well over 1,000 yards total offense in that game, lots of points scored, fun game. Don't know if that's sustainable, Um, and especially this week, given that the Saints are probably maybe a a top 15 defense. They they used to be a little bit better. Uh, They've fallen off a little bit, but still a challenge nonetheless.
1: Yeah, and that's really kind of what I was referring to is that – Offensively, if you look at the offensive stats, these teams are pretty similar. Um, you know, total yards, you've got Seattle in 10th, the Seahawks are sorry, Seattle in 10th, and the Saints in ninth You know, you look at rushing offense, um, and Seattle's down on that list kind of bit because of the first couple of games, but um, New Orleans is only one or two spots above them in terms of passing offense. Um, the Seahawks, surprisingly, are at 10th. And the Saints are twelfth, so there's a they're about the same in terms of you know overall offensive stats. Which, um, given how low our expectations were for Sat- for Seattle's offense coming in, like um, for them to be doing as well as they are, like that's awesome. And um, I think what that shows you is that the Seahawks can keep some games close. Um, and they've got that, but when you start looking at the defensive stats, that's where the, um, the problems roll up because, um, you know, yards per game, the Seahawks are 31st, only Detroit's worse. And the saints are, um, 12th, right. Um, they're a top 15 in in terms of total yards. They're top nine, they're, they're, they're ninth overall in terms of passing yards a game, um, If there's one thing that, you know, kind of help that you kind of hope if you want to look at it, is their 20th in rushing yards per game um, against. So they are giving up some runs there and um, they have the same number of sacks as Seattle with seven and they've only got one interception. So their defense is good, but they're not turning the ball over. um, And maybe will be able to get some running yards on them but the passing stuff should be um, a bigger challenge. Hopefully, Seattle's offense can um, keep pace.
0: And now, a word from our sponsor, DraftKings. The NFL action is in full swing at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. We're talking touchdowns, big plays, and even bigger wins. New customers can bet just $5 on any NFL team to win and get $200 in free bets if they do. Check this out. In addition to the usual bets, everyone can boost their winnings with DraftKings stepped up same game parlays. To make things even sweeter, you can throw down on stepped up same game parlays once per game all season long. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code TPPN to get $200 in free bets if your team wins when you place a $5 bet on any football game. That's code TPPN only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Wow, interesting. Yeah, it's gonna be a, it's gonna be a challenge. Um, I think the Saints are a lot, uh, again, a lot better of a defense than the Lions were. Uh, it'll be a challenge to see if Gino and company can keep the offense uh, rolling, keep the third mm-hmm. down conversion rate high, um and and the efficiency geno smith's completing well over 70 percent of his passes can that continue against this defense and their pass rush i think that is one of the keys to the game for me is can the saints um do anything with the pass rush uh they were anemic a little bit last week although they did end up with 12 pressures um and one sack and it still didn't make enough of a difference with, with the Vikings. Um, I think that one of the keys to the game, and you mentioned it a little bit, is turnovers. Um, the Saints are prone to turning the ball over when they have the offensive uh, possession. Uh, they are minus seven overall in turnover mm-hmm. ratio. Uh, and Seattle is actually taking the ball away fairly effectively on defense, and we've seen yeah. that just in the last couple of weeks, a couple of turnovers last week. Um, so that could be one of the things to watch in this game for sure. And a couple
1: uh, of turnovers um, this this last week, um, and then also in the week one against uh, Denver, where they got those two fumbles uh, on the goal line. So it is one of those things. They are the Seahawks are turning, getting the ball turned over to them. Um, they're also doing a decent job of protecting the football. Um, the Saints aren't; they're, yeah. they're not doing either of those two things well. So even though statistically they are the better team, um, ultimately, you know, you know how how per- predominant turnovers are in helping, you know, determine winners of games. And the Saints have been on the wrong end of that.
0: Yeah, they've got 11 turnovers so far. Uh, and at least two turnovers in three of their four games. Um, and that's something to really watch, because that that is definitely going to be a key to the game. The other key for me, Keith, at least when the Seahawks uh, have the ball, is the, the matchups. Um, Lattimore against DK Metcalf, I think is going to be a, a really interesting matchup for me. Uh, the other matchup would be like Cameron Jordan um against the rookie tackles uh mm-hmm. for Seattle. Um Cameron Jordan's an underrated player, I think, Absolutely. and one of the most disruptive defensive ends in the league. And so that'll be an, a, an interesting matchup to watch. Um the the other matchup to watch is I think uh the Saints are struggling a little bit on the interior of their defensive line. Um and if you go right at those defensive ends, you can take advantage of of some of their aggression. And so I'm going to be watching uh, Rashad Penny and see if he can run the ball effectively because I think that's going to be a real key to going this to have game to. as well because yep. they need the time of possession favorably in Seattle's favor in order to be able to compete in this game because I don't think Seattle's defense is going to be able to stop the ball. Even with uh, Andy Dalton as quarterback, as much maligned as he is, he's very effective in dinking and dunking and um, taking – care of the the ball better than Jameis Winston and kind of methodically marching uh down the field and they do have some weapons Kamara obviously Kamara can also uh receive the ball out of the backfield very well um and the tight end matchups now they've got some tight ends you may may have never heard of out there uh but last week we saw Detroit Uh, use the tight ends very effectively against the Seahawks and rack up tons of yards and um, scores. And so that'll be a matchup as well.
1: Yeah. Um, Yeah. I mean, this, this game is, is um, looking at it on paper or it's a lot closer than in my brain. In my brain, I was looking at this and I go, we know the Saints defense is great. Even with like Jameis Winston, maybe the starter, but he's not, you know, he's not the one who carries this offense. This team wins because of their defense, Alvin Kamara. um, And, you know, that's how they win. And and so I'm thinking like, um, you know, New Orleans is going to have this, but you start looking at it on paper and you go, well, you know, seattle has got a chance in this one. It's closer than I thought. Now, part of the, one of those things, when you look at the stats is that the Seahawks have played, you know, Denver, which has struggled offensively. Um, the Falcons that have discru- that have struggled on both sides of the ball and the um, Lions that have struggled um, really bad defensively They They've got the worst defense in the NFL statistically, at least. Um, and so that their strength of schedule is really low. Um, whereas, you know, New Orleans has played some tough games. Yeah. So maybe that, Statistical matchup is maybe it's not as close because you have, it's, you have it's to, it's really hard to tell. Yeah, it's it, it, it is, and we we won't know until we get out there. I will say, Andy Dalton doesn't scare me,
0: neither and does Jameis Winston either.
1: True, but Andy, you know, certainly Andy Dalton doesn't. Um, Andy Dalton, Andy Dalton, Dalton had a guys. heck
0: of a game a few years ago against the Seahawks. I think he threw for close to 400 yards, yeah, against them. Um, so, yeah, Cameron Jordan and Marcus Davenport are their defensive ends and and guys that I'm going to really be watching. The other guys I'm going to watch for them are their linebackers. I think they got one of the best linebacker uh, crews in the NFL in uh, DeMario Davis and Pete Werner. Um, mm-hmm. We talked about both players uh, r- run up to the draft a few years ago. Uh, Pete Werner is a guy that I really like. He's just a high-effort guy, probably going to be their leading tackler and just all over the field making plays. Um, Chris Alave, uh, is another player that's really kind of stepped up for them. First round draft pick this year. Uh, didn't know if he was going to have a prominent role or not, but he's turned into quite a player for them. He's their leading target guy uh, with over 335 yards receiving so far um, through the first four games. That's a guy that, you know, it's going to challenge our uh, corners and, and specifically uh, Tariq Woolen. And so we'll see about that matchup. I'd love for Tariq to really make a statement in this game. I mean, he already has, uh, and, and just playing, an incredible ball. In fact, I would argue probably one of the best rookies overall, at least defensive rookies, in the NFL. Absolutely. And if, he can, if he can go up against a guy like uh, Alave and dominate or, or generate another turnover somehow, I mean, th- this kid's going to make a name for himself really quick. Yeah,
1: he's got, he's got interceptions in two straight games. And, um, you know, he's on pace to have eight of the season which is um uh, that's a really good year for any cornerback any year um and so yeah he's he's getting the job he's one of the very few seattle defenders that are getting the job done and um so if he can continue to uh continue to you know have that kind of level of production like it's crazy how good this kid can be And remember that we didn't i know we keep saying this but there were no expectations for Trey this year. He's coming out of, you know, UTSA. Um, and you're thinking very low level of competition. He was a, a wide receiver turned cornerback, but playing at a low level against not, you know, decent competition. It's going to take a bit. He's going to have to. He's a project. He's a project. He's going to have to work. And then you go in and watch him and you see some inefficiencies in his footwork and some indecision and then a couple of bad angles that are taken and you go, yeah, he's definitely a project. Well, you know what, that project lasted about three weeks um, of training camp before he was done. <laughs> and he's out there, he took over the starting job at that point, the, his, the,
0: the you know job that coaches reminds? have
1: done, yeah. uh, getting him from you know just a, a complete project to ready to start in the NFL, in three weeks is crazy. It it's hats off to the coaching staff that's taught him and hats off to him for putting in the work, listening to the coaches, taking everything they said, you know, to heart and 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 running with it. Um because yeah, I mean, it's a it's an impressive um feat for him to go from where he was to where he is right now in such a short
0: time. You know, I could literally have recorded the conversation that you just had and and then put dk medcalf in front of that and had you play that in dk medcalf's rookie year in his first four games and the fact that you and i were talking about expectations with dk medcalf out of the gate and trying to lower them because we were so excited he had a little bit more upside if you will right out of the gate because he was just Absolutely. such an enticing physical specimen And Mm -hmm. and we were paying attention to that and the fact that he, he looked so dominant and um, it was just easier to gauge that. And then you take a look at Tariq. Well, well, he's a physical specimen too. He ran, he runs faster than DK Metcalf, and measures about the same size Mm -hmm. and, which is incredible. And here's this guy just turning in, you know, I think some dominant performances, you know, when you take a look at the entire body of work already in the, in four games, that's, You've got to be able to stretch that out. I know that, you know, this isn't in complete context, but in four games, he's shut down all the receivers he's gone against, and he's gone against some good guys. Sutton, yeah, from look Denver. At, I say,
1: look at Sutton's stats. That I mean, Denver had some decent stats, and you know, some other guys did, but Sutton, who was the guy that was that was up against DK uh, most of the game, he was kind of a non-factor in that game and um same was true you know it, that that's kind of just been what's happening is and he's he is holding, he's and,
0: holding quarterbacks to like a under uh 50 quarterback rating when targeted yeah yeah you know, and which so is, which is wild
1: which is yeah and 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 for a guy that's just this ultimate project is what what he was thought of no guess what he's not a project this is a guy that can can contribute right away i love the fact that you brought up that um that the dk metcalf thing because Honestly, that's such a good um that's such a great like analogy. Like it's it's a comparison because he was the same way, right? All those physical school, those t- skills, but you and I were both like everyone's freaking out, he's gonna be so good. I'm like, let's keep our expectations lower because I don't want people to be disappointed in his rookie right. year because rookie receivers tend to have a hard time contributing um up to the level that people expect. If they really break out in their second and third year. Um no, it didn't matter. (laughs) It just didn't matter. Um, and it just goes to show you, you can't teach that kind of athleticism. You either have it or you don't. And these two guys are athletically special even amongst NFL players, all of which are good, good athletes. Um, and so, uh, and I, for me, like the, the knowledge of this goes back to Zach Whitman. Um, who did all that work with spark and, um, you know, his site, which was three Sigma athlete back in the day. I don't even sure that site's up anymore. Um, basically he, he looked at, you know, athleticism as a predictor and yeah, there's plenty of great athletes that have failed and plenty, plenty of mediocre athletes that been great, but the great athleticism fails a lot less. Like it it just, it definitely sets the bar higher and, and it gives people, you know, that, um, the ability to grow into becoming a great player. And these are two uh, perfect examples. Um, Some of the greatest athletes you'll ever see wear a football uniform, which is scary to think because like I said, all NFL players are good athletes and they've just been able to dominate early in their career.
0: Now a word from our new sponsor Raycon. Lately, I've been listening to a lot of the Foo Fighters and it's been great. One reason it's been great to listen to, because I use my Raycon wireless earbuds to do it. Raycon's everyday earbuds look, feel, and sound better than ever. With optimized gel tips for the perfect in-air fit, these earbuds are so comfortable, and they will not budge, trust me. Raycon's give you 8 hours of playtime and 32 hours of battery life. Raycon's price just right. You get quality audio at half the price of other premium audio brands. It's no wonder Raycon's Everyday Earbuds have over 50,000 five-star reviews. When I'm using my Raycons, I have three customizable sound profiles, earbud tap functions, and noise isolation. Whether I'm in the studio or listening to my favorite band, my Raycons are great. Go to buyraycon.com slash tppn today to get 15% off your Raycon order. That's buyraycon.com slash tppn to score 15% off. By com slash tppn I mean, and it's fantastic for the Seahawks because I think the Seahawks were probably assuming that he was going to have to take some time and and would come along and so forth. And uh, he just jumped right out right away. And Pete inserted him into the starting lineup, and that's been it. Um got a got a question for you. So something interesting happened this week with the Saints as far as their running game is concerned. I want to talk about the running game for a little bit against the Seahawks defense. Uh, Latavius Murray, who used to be with the, um, with the Raiders for a while, and he's bounced around a little bit, most recently with the Saints. Last week, he was their leading rusher when Kamara was out uh, in London. And so, and then he reverted back to their practice squad where, he, where they had picked him up for the week. And uh, Denver lost their running back, um, just lost his name on the tip of my tongue. Uh, lost their running back for the season um, with an ACL and MCL um, this last week. And so they picked up L- Latavius Murray from the Saints. And so now the Saints have lost the the rights to him. But luckily for them, Kamara is back this week. I want to talk to you a little bit about that, what we can expect. Seattle last week against the Lions uh, gave up 145 yards. yards per carry couple touchdowns that's been a continuing ongoing theme for every team that they've faced this year yep can we expect the same thing against the saints or will seattle have some sort of plan to slow them down if you want to turn a team into a one-dimensional team and if you could happen to take the run against uh away from the saints i think you win this game um but that seems to be a huge challenge for the Seahawks.
1: Yeah. I mean, you take away Kamara and and make Andy Dalton beat you and you're gonna win, you know, those situations. Um, I don't know if they can take away Kamara. He is he is the better running back um of the guys that they've faced this year. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, depending on how you um how you categorize um Debo Samuel with the 49ers um because whether you categorize him as a wide receiver or not um you know but despite other than him i think he's the best Kamara's the best running back they've come across and he's one of the fastest running backs they've come across so he's going to turn that mistake which this defense has made a lot of mistakes against the run he's going to turn those mistakes into instead of eight yard gains they're going to be 18 yard gains because of his speed um and his elusiveness so that is a um that's a thing to consider and a thing to worry about.
0: Um, it's similar in the way that the 49ers use Debo Samuel. Although they're completely different types of players, mm-hmm. they still have the effectiveness of of both as a receiver and a running back. Yeah, um, I will so say, say that difficult the, the, to defend.
1: The CX did okay against um uh Cordell Patterson. Um you know, it was the other running backs. Well, he had 150 yards.
0: If you want to call that. Okay.
1: (laughs) He didn't, the team as a whole did,
0: uh, Cordell had his, I think a career game in that game. Oh, okay. So I'm remembering, I'm remembering wrong.
1: I thought, I thought the team did a better job of shutting him down, but it was the other ones that just ran all over them. Um, and, uh, Camara is going to be similar to Cordell Patterson in terms of his, um, you know what he does well—his speed, all those those kind of things. Um, he so he he creates a, a challenge for Seattle because Seattle's not a good run defense right
0: now. Let's talk about when Andy Dalton throws the ball. So uh, the Saints have allowed 13 sacks this season, mm-hmm. uh, but last week against the Lions, the Seahawks defense had one sack and three quarterback hits on 40 dropbacks and that's not good you know we saw jared goff throw for 300 plus yards a couple touchdowns um 378 yards and four touchdowns i should say uh last sunday um that <laughs> and 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 they gave up 179 yards to, to hawkinson and a couple touchdowns Their tight ends so Juwan johnson tight end adam troutman mm-hmm. uh will try to exploit that weakness as well I imagine, and Andy Dalton's kind of that quarterback. He's kind of Jared Goff, really, at this stage of his career. He's just kind of, he doesn't have that big arm, but he's, he's, has a command of any offense that he's operating. He really does. He's, a, he's a consummate pro in that respect, but he's not dynamic. He's not going to go out and win you games at the end. Um, so it'll be interesting to see. One, one thing of note um, Will Luntz, their kicker, they talked about, uh, special teams has kind of been a problem for the Saints. Well, he's missed a field goal attempt in each of their four contests. That's something to watch, because uh, this team and and is, is a good team, but they're not gonna score tons and tons of points on you. I think even with Seattle's poor defense, I think this comes down to kind of a one-score game, and it could come down to a missed field goal. It could come mm-hmm. down to turnovers. And so I kind of wanted to get your thoughts around that. What do you think this thing comes down to, Keith?
1: Well, I I this is this is a, that's a great question because um this is a not a great offense facing a bad defense. Um and so they're going to have more success against Seattle than um they've had in other games, but at the same time, like they're not an offense that can exploit Seattle's weaknesses in the way that other the some of the other offenses that they've played. Uh, have been able to, um, and that just goes to their quarterback situation. And so yeah, they, I they th- average
0: about 20 points a game, really?
1: Yeah. They're, um, they're, they're ahead of Seattle in terms of yards per game, but behind Seattle in terms of points per game. Uh, if you look at, at the stats and that has to do with the turnover difference.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um,
1: so there are more, there are more, like they're they they're they're an offense that gets more yards but because they've turned it over they haven't turned that into points. Um I think like you, I'm looking at that and I think that's that's the key. That that's the key to this game. Um New Orleans is going to move the ball. They're going to get opportunities to score. Can Seattle keep them out of the end zone the way they did Denver and can the um Seattle get them to turn the ball over like they did um you know well uh, the last they're actually doing pretty good as far as uh, getting turnovers and can they protect the football which they've actually done a good job of this year so it it, it um it really to me comes down to to that you got to keep the saints out of the end zone give your offense a chance and not turn it over give your defense a chance um and so, with so that you got a chance
0: let let's key in if we can just for a minute on seattle's offense Mm-hmm uh with without regards to opponents but we can talk about uh the saints a little bit but let's talk about Geno smith and, and the effectiveness that he's had so far this year uh by the way uh, nfc offensive player of the week congratulations gino smith absolutely that's a, that's a great thing nobody's expected this really no the, the and level it's, it's well deserved he's, he's yeah
1: he looked he looked really people keep commenting that i'm like a gino hater i'm not i gino has played fantastic way above expectations. Um, so far this year, I don't think he's a long-term answer. Despite that, I just, I just don't. And you're going to have a hard time convincing me otherwise, but I'm not going to sit here and say, he hasn't been good. Cause that would be a lie. He has been, um, and him getting, um, you know, the player offensive player of the week, like good. He deserved it. I mean, you look, go, go back and rewatch that game. He carried, you know, that offense. He did everything you could have possibly asked him to do. Um, he looked fantastic. So I'm, I'm, I'm all for that. And, um,
0: Now, now transition into this game. Yeah. Uh, can he continue the completion percentage? Can he continue to convert third downs? Can he put the offense on his shoulders yet again? Because I don't know that the defense is going to get those stops or generate those turnovers. There's no guarantees that that's going to happen. Can Geno Smith win games and overcome Seattle's poor defense?
1: See, this is where I think this is where people are going to be mad at me um, because I don't think so. Um, When up against good defenses, his completion percentage doesn't go down, but his yards per attempt does because everything becomes a dump off and they have a hard, hard time converting on third down because you know he's getting completions for 2 or 3 yards um and that becomes a struggle where against these bad defenses the last 2 weeks he's been throwing the ball downfield um making getting those completions like last week it was up over 10 uh yards per attempt which is crazy for him um crazy good in case you're curious where that landed um but it but yeah he's been uh but he does that against bad defenses against good defenses he still completes 80% of his passes, but does it for four and a half yards per attempt. Um, and that's not going to cut it. That's not going to be good
0: enough. So I've got, you know, one of the keys to the game for me here is the, the pressure. Because um, St. Louis is going, or not St. Louis, uh, the Saints are going to generate some, some pass rush here. Cameron uh-huh. Jordan and Marcus Davenport are good at that last week. They combined, they had one sack. They shared a half sack each uh, and 12 pressures combined. Um, so they are going to, and then the Lions only had three pressures all game. They didn't touch Geno Smith, they didn't have no. any quarterback hits and no sacks. Our our offensive line is playing great. Can that continue I against think this can.
1: team? I think I think our one of the things like offensive line play, like they're gonna struggle on the interior against great interior pass rushers, guys like Aaron Donald. Um, and they're gonna struggle at times against you know elite. Outside guys that do a good job of not just rushing, you know, around the corner, but going, you know, power rushing through people coming inside guys like Nick Bosa. These are guys that um, our offensive line is going to struggle against. Um, But even then, like the way that they've played, especially the two rookie tackles, I know we keep talking about them, but they keep making us talk about them by being good. Um, you know, Cameron Jordan is not Nick Bosa. He's not going to come inside and overpower, um, a guard. He's a guy that's going to, going to, you know, try and get around the edge. He's going to try and beat a tackle. Well, good luck getting around Abe Lucas, because it's not going to happen. Um, you know, and that's the thing Seattle's, I mean, it is, it's tough for guys to get a lot of pressure in Gino and it's, it's, hard, it's weird saying that because it's not like um they've been good on the interior they I mean they've been up and down as far as the the interior of the line um but this might be the best uh offensive line that Seahawks have had since 2013 and that's I, I agree and, and that's weird to say because it's not like it's great um but the two rookie tackles have suddenly solved so many problems uh that this offense has had.
0: I'm excited for the future, because when you've got two rookie tackles that are starting, those, those guys are going to go together. And, and so this, could, this is a kind of a 10-year deal. This yeah. isn't just like the next three years or whatever. They're going to resign these guys. This is mm-hmm. going to be like the stability force on the offensive line for years to come. I You, don't know, you can know interchange if people a couple realize, pieces here and there, but yeah.
1: I don't know if people realize just how weird this is. Um, and I know people have talked about, oh, you know, it's only once or twice, you know, in the last 30 years, you know, two rookie tackles. And But there's a difference between starting a rookie and having a rookie be successful and having a rookie look dominant at times. Um, starting a rookie, um, you know, or especially a, two rookie tackles happens because of necessity, because guys got hurt or whatever. The Seahawks have other options, like a right tackle. Jake Curran could be playing. He played last year, played pretty well, um, but he can't get on the field because Abe Lucas has been too damn
0: good. Abe Lucas has arguably been the best offensive tackle rookie in the entire NFL.
1: Absolutely, and there's there's. Um,
0: and we were talking Evan Neal. Yeah, I was looking at that et cetera. Evan,
1: um, you look at, you compare. I mean, Evan Neal is like one of those guys that 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 was thought of as being like. Mm-hmm. Just an absolute sure thing. Like there's a reason why he, everyone said he was a top three pick and and all of that.
0: Um and he looked dominant in college. Let's I mean, let's
1: absolutely let's um at Alabama. But he is he is a guy that is going through typical rookie growing pains. He does look like I mean, the future is great with him, and I'm not gonna say it's not. I'm just like, oh, he's a bust. Um, but he hasn't been as good as Abe Lucas and that is well
0: okay so now we need to back up just a hair and we need to talk about perspective and we need to talk about teams they've played and players that they've faced and so forth now abe on the right side probably not going to face quite the level that even uh, cross on the other side on the left side is going to face as far as talented pass rushers are concerned it's going to be close because they're interchangeable in the nfl and they move back and forth but yeah You know, Abe Lucas has been the better run blocker out of the two. And there was questions abound. I mean, that's why you fell to the third round in the first place is people questioned Mm -hmm. whether he could be a complete uh, tackle in the NFL. And they didn't know if he was going to play on the right side or if he could play on the left. And he's got the feet to play on the left. But he never did in college. He was a right tackle only. And there's
1: there's a lot of reasons why he fell. Um, And all of them tend to be about a lot of concerns about nothing.
0: I mean, he's a so, good run blocker, so I think he he i got a horn a little bit
1: he leads the n f l rookies in pancakes, and I think he's third in the n f l if I remember seeing reading that stat right um out of all offensive linemen in pancake blocks that means he's put his guy on their back as much as
0: anyone in the n f l, you know. We kind of advocated for this kid early, like yeah we b- did. back in January, February, when we first started talking about the draft, you mm-hmm. and I identified Abe Lucas as possible target for the Seattle Seahawks uh at tackle, and we were talking about him in a way that he could possibly even play left tackle because of his physical attributes, yeah, and so when you start talking about the draft. And, and at that time, you know, when we first started talking about him, we didn't have that, um, that Russell Wilson trade and we didn't have that early, early first round pick. But so we were talking about him as a second, third, fourth round kind of option, a guy that in case the draft fell away from us, we went other directions. We still had options that at tackle later in the draft and his name was prominently. Uh, over and over again talked about in in that sort of a situation
1: and even once we they russell wilson trade happened and you knew that seattle was going to have a top 10 pick that they could go get a tackle um like charles cross you and i continued to talk about abe lucas because if the if charles cross or, or trevor penning didn't end up in seattle there yep. wasn't another guy that you trusted to come in and right. be that left tackle of the future. Right. So you were gonna draft Abe Lucas.
0: Yeah, and you were gonna end up going a different direction in the first round, draft the defensive tackle, defensive end, something else. Mm-hmm. And Abe Lucas would be your backup and you'd go get that. Turns out if you had a redraft today, even today, like four games into the NFL, Abe Lucas would could, be a first. That kid goes pick. in the first round.
1: Abel Lucas is probably the first offensive ta- offensive lineman coming off the board. Wow. Right? I mean, do you, do you disagree with that?
0: I'm trying it's, not to it's be hard. Home. It's hard to disagree with that based on the level of play we've seen so far.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I still think that um, Evan Neal is going to go high because – he just he checks all the
0: boxes he looks like he's going to be great he just and his level of competition was just next level
1: yeah um but if you if you look at just nfl production and you go with a uh, in a redraft um of last year's draft he's been the he's performed as the best offensive lineman in in the out
0: of all the rookies wow and he was a third round pick wow so the seahawks knocked it out of the park with with several of their picks charles mm-hmm. cross abraham lucas boy mafe looks like he's going to turn out uh, ken Wollin. walker hasn't even had a chance yet uh and but he the looks way explosive. he played in co- yep. the way he played in college he's going to get his chance at some point Tariq reek woolen to woolen is the diamond out of the draft now, if you had a redraft of uh, Oh Tariq God,
1: Tre Quillin, might go in the first. He's round. He's going
0: to be a first-round pick ahead of Carrera, Lee, Elam, and and a few other guys. I mean, really, I mean, yeah. knock it out of the park, right? So yeah. you, you take a look at all of it, and it's like, who knows? Anyway, um, it seems
1: so may but, have gotten may have gotten three, not just starters and and good starters, but three Pro Bowl level guys. Um, yeah. in this draft with the two with offensive of tackles and three. Yeah. And, and, and maybe we don't, we don't know what guys like Boye Mafe and Ken Walker are, are going to finish developing into. But just based on their, their, their production so far through four games, those three guys all look like they are capable of playing pro bowl level football for the Seahawks.
0: For 10 years in the NFL.
1: And yeah, at least. And to get that in one draft is crazy. It's just crazy.
0: So what do you got? Tell me what you got in this game, man.
1: Um, I think the C- the Saints um, the Saints defense uh, slows Seattle down. They're not quite as efficient. They have they struggle a little bit. Seattle's defense just can't get enough stops, and the Saints eke this one out um, twenty four to twenty.
0: Interesting. So the Saints have only won one game this year. Mm-hmm. Saints beat the Falcons in their first game. 27 to 26 even that was a close game Mm -hmm. they lost the bucks uh 20 to 10 uh the panthers up and coming team 22 to 14 and then the saint or uh the vikings uh 28 25 over in london it's a lot of close games a lot of close games so i predict this is going to be a close game you just had a four-point game as your prediction i'm gonna i'm gonna do that as well i think this is you know the the Seahawks are going to be kind of schizophrenic this year or look schizophrenic. They're going to play well against teams that they should play well against and poor defenses Mm -hmm. teams that have good defenses. Our offense is going to struggle a little bit. It's going to slow down, but our defense is still bad. And, and so teams are still going to be able to, to really run against us, to pass against us, to dominate the time of possession Um, So as long as teams don't turn the ball over against us, we're going to have a hard time winning almost every game. Um, And it's going to be close. Even the Lions game had to be a shootout and and both teams had to score, you know, over 40 points. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't see that happening in this game. This is going to be more of a a schlag uh, for Seattle and for the Saints. Um, Just because the Saints offense is not great. But I I see it as being close like you. So I'm saying like 23-17.
1: Yeah. Saints. The, um,
0: the Saints don't
1: have the guys to really take advantage of Seattle's bad defense the way Detroit did. And I know that Detroit was missing two of their top playmakers, but the guys they had left were still able to take advantage of Seattle's defense. This is very and,
0: much going to feel like the Falcons game. Yes. To me.
1: Yeah. Where the defense just doesn't do enough um and the offense gets stopped one too many times um but i i think see C- the cx um i said cx you know, are in this
0: game because the saints have a propensity to turn the ball over and it yeah. looks like we're kind of a ball hawking kind of defense and so we're getting stuff. There. stuff happens
1: i got i i, I said four 24 or sorry 24 20 um and in my head um there my head goes you should have made that 24 23 i may make it a one point yeah i that's I, funny I have a hard time thinking Seattle's going to win this one, but this is not, this one should not be a blowout. This isn't going to be like the San Francisco game. No. No. And, and also, look at San Francisco. They're only two and two, but God, those two wins have been dominant.
0: That defense is legit.
1: It is. It absolutely is. You know that every team in the NFC West is two and two? I know. But the 49ers are the only team with a positive point differential the Rams, Seahawks, and Arizona all have uh, given up more points than they've scored overall.
0: Seahawks have got to be up there with the points scored though overall. Um, Fun, fun show. I mean, we talked about a lot of stuff. We talked about, um, you know, a lot of up and coming players. I just don't know that it's enough. Uh, You know, I, I want to come back down to earth a little bit. I think that The Detroit game gives you a lot of hope and you can kind of see some future stuff. And I'm really kind of excited about the offense. But the uh, and statistically right now, the offense looks like a top five offense. But I think it's going to come down to earth a little bit in the next Mm -hmm. five or six weeks based on the defenses that we're going to play. And the fact that our defense, if it doesn't vastly improve, we're not going to generate enough opportunities for our offense. And so it's, it's you get out of whack on both sides then at that point. And that's, what's going to happen. I think in some of these games yep. where we feel like we should be able to be okay, but then we, you go into the actual game and our offense kind of sputters a little bit um, and the defense still can't, can't stop anybody. And it, it turns into a lopsided situation Yeah, where, I, I, where we're having to throw the ball to you know a lot we get away from our running game and that sort of thing
1: yeah and the running game is the best part of the offense um especially against a good defense because i mean uh gino smith is one of those guys that's gonna look great against a bad defense and is gonna struggle against a good defense um and mm-hmm. you know in the what what's true yeah somewhere in the middle and and that's what i think this this team is i don't think they're as bad as they looked against san francisco um
0: Except for the defense, no, the, no defense the defense is bad.
1: The defense. I'm I'm talking about the offense. I, I don't think the offense is that bad, but I also don't think the offense is as good as they look during against Detroit. Detroit's the worst defense in the league.
0: Detroit's so just, the worst defense statistically, even worse than Seattle. Yeah. Um, They're 31 and 32.
1: And 32, but um, Detroit is 32, and um, right. So yeah. any
0: any offense is going to look good against Detroit,
1: and they really are. And so, so, you, and so it's you have to temper like, that a little bit. It's kind of you, you. look back at last year with Geno, right? He played a couple of. um a He played of this these, Saints game. Yep, and he looked very pedestrian against the Saints. Um, yes, chance, he did. He had, a, had
0: like 123 yards passing in
1: that yeah, game. Had the ball in his hands at the end of the game with an opportunity to win and could not get a first down, Um and.
0: I'm excited, though. I'm I'm still excited, even though it was Detroit and so forth, so on and so forth, because I think that this whole Shane Waldron thing, the way that the offense is kind of truly designed to be to run, to get the tight ends more involved, to get DK Metcalf um, more open in in open space, and so forth, and and Tyler Lockett underneath. Sure, we're not taking those deep shots. We are taking a few per game, uh, but but those. Everything else kind of makes those deep shots possible for Geno. I think, you know, without operating in this offense, I think they're optimizing Geno's skill set. They is, really is are. What's, what's happening. And I'm kind of excited about the that. scheme,
1: the scheme that, that Shane Waldron has put together. Um, this is good coaching. This is what good coaching looks like. This is taking and getting the most out of the talent that you have. By putting guys in position to be successful, not asking them to do things they're not good at, um, asking them to do the things that they are good at, but also not you know, going down that same road over and over again where the defense can, can fixate on it. Um, it. This is what good coaching looks like. We weren't sure that was going to be the case with him because last year looked so rough at times.
0: But now, but in retrospect... Year, what this do you, year? what, what do you say about Russell Wilson is it, because Russell Wilson looked the same with three separate coordinators, Keith, and now again in Denver yeah. and now we're seeing Geno Smith operate in this offense and it's looking more dynamic and more dynamic, meaning they're using no, the, the entire dynamic. field Well, they're using the entire field. It's, it's, it's within uh, this, the system. Yeah, but Gino As opposed to gen- dynamic, gen- as far as yeah, throwing the ball yeah, on the he, top and the moon he doesn't balls generate and all that explosive.
1: Stuff. He doesn't generate explosive plays. Right, the no way, no way Russ ever did. Um, but they're not asking. Right, him but to, here we are. But they're as a not top five offense. Asking him to. They're not a top five. They're top ten.
0: I think they're ninth overall. Um, Gino's Gino's top five quarterback statistically in like a number of different categories. True. That's just and let's
1: and and yeah i mean let's see where we're at in 10 weeks but because, nonetheless yeah like I said, he, he it hasn't been a dynamic offense but it has been an efficient offense
0: um well when you score also, 48 points and and 550 yards of offense it's pretty dynamic but dynamic keith
1: yeah
0: no. sure as it's, heck is fun to watch
1: it's it's Detroit, man. <laughs> Great grain of salt with that on that performance. Yeah, right. Um, All right.
0: So you and I both predict a loss. I hope we're wrong. I'm come back I hope on the show wrong. and and admit as much. Um, yep. I think and, the
1: Saints are. I picked the Saints to win that division. I still think they can. That division just overall is not not a good division.
0: Um, the Buccaneers often, though are got to be the second or third best team in the entire NFL though, Keith. No. No, I don't agree with that.
1: In the NFC, sure. I mean, in the NFL. You know, no. you
0: take a look at the power rankings around the NFL, and I don't got care them, about them. Up there. Power rankings. I Kidding know you me? don't, but I mean, it's a good barometer. If you no, blend all of them together, you got a lot of opinions out there that say that they're the top three or four team in in the NFL right now. No, Buffalo, they're, Kansas City, they're top ten. Buccaneers. I would put,
1: I would put, you know, eight or nine teams above them, and. And all of them but the Packers would be in the AFC.
0: Okay. So let's get out of here. Let's uh have, have a great game. Enjoy the game. It's an early game again, 10 a.m. Uh mm-hmm. so we seem to do well at uh at ten a.m. games with underpeat They've won they've won eleven of their last twelve ten a.m. games. Yeah, or 14 out of the last fifteen or something like that. Yeah, crazy, right? Um Find Keith on Twitter at Myers NFL. You can find me at NW Seahawk. The show is at Hawks Playbook on Twitter. You can find us on our website, SeahawksPlaybook.com. You can find us on our YouTube channel. Just look up Seahawks Playbook podcast and your favorite podcast platforms. And make sure you hit the subscribe button and share it if you like it. So until next time, go Hawks. Go Hawks.